KG, and this is not safe for network. There's nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. What's in the box? What's in the box? Montucky Skies. Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So we're going to start right out of the gate here. Kind of, it's so weird. We were just talking about this the other day about John Carpenter not really saying anything about his remakes. Like he just lets them kind of do their thing and collects that check, which I think is kind of a smart move. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, apparently he said something in April, and for some reason it just it it was like in a Q and A, and it just hit the rounds. And so we're gonna listen this really quick. He's talking about Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. What you asked me about uh, Rob Zombie's? Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say nice things about him, but you know we did this. Uh, I thought it was it was gonna be a real cool deal for the, the History Channel, the Biography Channel, whatever that is. They were gonna do about Halloween. I thought, ooh, that's pretty cool. Until I noticed that they did one on Caddyshack. And I thought, wow, what is this? Anyway, they interviewed him on that, on that biography and channel, and he lied about me. He said I was very cold to him when he told me I was going to, and that he was going to make it. Nothing could be further from the truth. I said, make it your own movie, man. You know, this is yours now. Don't worry about me. I was incredibly supportive. Why that piece of shit lied, I don't know. <laughs> he had no reason to. Why did he do it? So, frankly, uh, that will color my response to the film. Uh, if I take that away, I, I did not. I, I thought that he took away the mystique of the, of the story by explaining too much about the guy. I don't care about that. It's supposed to be a force of nature. He's supposed to be almost supernatural. Knowing about that, uh, was, and he was too big. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't normal. <laughs> he's, what you didn't hear on that clip was he talked about how it, it's pretty common as long as movies have been going around that you start like you, you remake a movie because the awareness is already there. And so Hollywood's leaning on that a little bit heavier lately, but it's always happened. He didn't bring up his own movie, like the thing that I heard in the clip. But, you know, he's talking about like this is a common thing. And uh, so clearly he's not happy with Rob Zombie because of what Rob Zombie said on that history channel. Yeah, and and it wasn't – what I heard from that clip was he wasn't really necessarily bashing Rob Zombie's movie, but how he portrayed the the intellectual talk between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, which I got to say now, I didn't see the clip uh, from Rob Zombie. I, I saying that on the history channel I really looked it up i'm sure it's going to hit the web in the next days but this just hit yesterday it became news um i gotta say i believe john carpenter's version i don't know it, it it's very possible that rob zombie heard something and and was like paranoid about the way carpenter said something and so perceived it that way i could see that happening i think maybe that's what happened because rob zombie doesn't strike me as the type of person who just like needlessly lashes out on people because I've heard him say he loves Halloween. You yeah. Know, he loves old Halloween. So I can't imagine that, that um, Carpenter would have said something negative to him, but I don't doubt that he perceived it as negative. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, especially when you when you feel touched about that, like you know you're you're taking this classic movie, and so you know people are gonna criticize you no matter what when you do it. But putting it in the context of like all the John Carpenter movies that have been remade and how he just doesn't say anything and takes that producer credit. Um, I do believe Carpenter's version as well. Like he seems like the type of dude who's just like live and let live most of the time. Yeah. So I can see why he's pissed off at Rob Zombie about that. Uh, what, what do you think? Um, you know, I'm actually was kind of taken back by this clip that you put out. <clears throat> Mostly being because I I really do enjoy Rob Zombie's body of work. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of interviews and stuff with him, and it, it seemed really out of character for this. Um, but I, you know, it's hard. I think there's something in the middle. I think something Carpenter said something, and I think Rob Zombie took it out of proportion. And yeah. And I guess maybe that's what I have to believe because I love both of their movies. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I do like the remake of Halloween and where where I kind of disagree with John Carpenter, I think the way that he made the original Halloween, like it is a classic and I think that that was enough at the time, but I don't think you can get away with just making a slasher film like that like off of a a like a cult classic and having it do well by just retelling the exact same story. You know, you look at all of the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes that have been made over the years, and the ones that don't bring anything to the table don't do well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think any of them lives up to the original in my mind. Me neither. Um, Some of them are definitely better than others. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I didn't... The ones that didn't, I mean, they're just basically a slasher film and not really adding any intrigue into the story don't, don't translate well. Yeah. And I got to say the thing, the thing, the reason why I always stick up for the, the Rob Zombie Halloween version is because they have the whole thing where they show him as a kid. Like it's talked about, but it's just, it's just very vague in the movie, you know? Um, but the thing is in like, I can see where Carpenter's coming from, but when you look at it from the perspective of after that happened, then you had Jason come out and you had Freddy and like you had just countless slasher movies after that where you don't really know much about their motive. Yeah. You know about as much as John Carpenter delivered and Halloween. And so it was really nice to actually like see that whole segment of like what Michael Myers went through and why he is the way he is like that to me, that was the draw of that movie. Like the rest of it, I didn't care about yeah. as much, but that one little portion was like, cool. I've never seen this in any of the Halloween movies, you know, and we got like you were saying, we got another level of that story. And I thought of that part with the kids was terrifying. Like watching the madness grow in this child is, was really interesting. And something else that was interesting was he was talking about the, um, you know, like almost like the spiritual side of Michael Myers, like the, you know, the supernatural, sorry, not spiritual, but, um, I feel like that was really covered in Halloween too. In a lot of ways, like he's haunted by the ghost of his mother and maybe it's in his head and maybe it's a ghost, but like the second Rob Zombie one that he made, like it kind of filled in those blanks. 
And I'm kind of curious as to whether John Carpenter ever saw that one. I'm going to guess a no because he was probably pissed off about that comment. So I'm yeah. guessing he never bothered to to check it out. But um, I would be curious to to hear what his opinion would be after that. But something tells me there's just bad blood between the two of them, which is really too bad because they both make really good horror movies. <laughs> they do. <laughs> like, they are two of the masters as far as I'm concerned. And I wouldn't put Halloween like as one of Rob Zombie's best. But, like, he's so fucking good at what he does, you know? Like, House of a Thousand Corpses was fun. And then when you got to the the semi-sequel to that... um, Devil's Rejects? Yeah, Devil's Rejects. is like, that's, I think, his best movie. Yeah, Um, I would agree 100%. At least so far. That clown one looks terrifying that he's putting out. It's like 31 clowns or something. Some number of clowns. It looks terrifying, dude. And there's talk that maybe they're doing an ad campaign for it I, privately. Actually, not true. I did see something because Bill Mosley is one of the clowns. Uh huh. And and they, I saw a still of it, and he's terrifying. <laughs> Do you think they'll work in uh, um, Spalding? Captain into Spalding. It? Captain Spalding. I would like to think they do. Yeah, it's. It seems like that very well might happen. He likes to put Sid Haig in his movies, so. Uh, anyway, um, so going from one remake to another, I saw The Exorcist. I didn't even know they were making this a show a few days ago. You know, I I had I didn't know it came out, and but I did see they released it a couple days ago, and I was like, whoa! I don't know if I'm gonna ever watch this. It's not like I don't want to watch it. It's mm-hmm. just I don't think I could talk anybody in my family to watch it. Ah, uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Well, here's what I'll say about the show. So um, I I got into it because it was trending on Facebook for like a day or two. And so I talked my wife into watching it, which I, I didn't really have to talk her into it. She loves The Exorcist. So we were in and we've watched a few Exorcism movies. It's one of the things we like to watch. Um, this show, it does not remake the movie. It's like a different Exorcism thing. Don't even know if it's the same world or anything, but... Um, it's it's made by Fox and it's got Gina Davis as kind of the the mother role in it. Uh, the first thing I want to say is like it's sort of a bummer seeing Gina Davis because she can't emote on her face anymore. It looks like like I think a Botox lot of Botox. Of yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of Botox, which is sad. Like I wish I wish we weren't in an era where you have to like Botox the hell out of your star or they feel like they have to do that. Oh, uh, you know I just. Quick little rant here, like, yeah, Botox is one of those things that, for health and beauty reasons, like, just detest it. Yeah, but there are really good uses for it. I know people in my extended family that use it for, um, uh, like uh, Parkinson's. Okay, and where they have really bad shakes, it does wonders for that. I didn't know that. So. That's a good use for Botox, like taking all the emotion out of your face so you don't have wrinkles. <laughs> I don't know if that's not a good so idea. good. Um, but so she plays like a mother, and she's she thinks her house is basically haunted by a demon. And we see this priest who's kind of checking it out, and seems like he thinks there might be something going on. At the same time, he's having a dream or a vision about. This other exorcist, well, other exorcist, obviously this guy hasn't exercised anything yet, but he's seeing a priest who's exercising a child. 
and don't want to give everything away, but it's genuinely creepy. Like what they do with the child and they have the scene and I'm getting like goosebumps talking about it. Cause I was amazed. I was assuming because it was a network show, it wasn't really going to be that scary. There was some moments, dude. There were some real moments. That's and- actually really good to hear. Cause I would be really reserved being a network show, mm-hmm. but I really like the exorcist movies. Like, well, I'll tell you where <laughs> they nail it. It's a very specific thing. They do it with like the, Gina Davis's husband. They don't really get into what's going on with them. It's it's obviously either Alzheimer's or dementia because he doesn't really seem to know what's going on, but he's sitting in the dark in one point and they light it so that you just see these little shiny white dots of his eyes while he's talking about something like he basically gives away kind of a mystical thing that he immediately forgets and then they do it again with uh, um and this is another thing, like, I don't want to give away who it is, but the person who is possessed by a demon, like, you see her talking in the dark, and they do the same thing. They light it just right, so you just see the little white parts of their eye. Like, not not like the, the parts surrounding the, the uh Kind of like uh, cat laser eyes. Yeah, like cat eyes, kind of. Like, they light it just when perfect. Shine, when you shine a eyes. light at a cat in the dark. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, just little white pinpoints, but it's so freaking creepy when you watch it, the way that they light it, and the mood, they get the mood of everything right. Um, you're getting to know the characters pretty well, which I think is a, is really a necessity when you're making a horror movie. Like, you have to care about the people who are going to be terrified and brutalized, you know? You have to care about them, and so they do a good job of like introducing who some of these people are through little scenes that reveal a lot about their characters and then just the way they light it. It's, I think it's going to be good. Now, granted, it's just a pilot so far, so you never know if it's going to get better or worse or if they can sustain it. But so far, I'm in, dude. I'm totally in on The Exorcist. So nice. I recommend checking it out to anybody who's not sure. And that's why I did the new theme music you just heard. <laughs> So uh, it kind of it kind of motivated me to get some classic horror movies in there since it, we're approaching Halloween in about a month. So I'm gonna jump onto it like we would jump onto Christmas way too early. I'm jumping onto Halloween too early, baby. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> so Sunday I watched the season premiere of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, I just watched it tonight. Did you? Uh, it was kind of interesting because. Knowing the history of the Simpsons, because they usually have like a six month um, animate time. Uh, actually, they pretty much animate all year round. Well, is what I've heard. Usually, it takes like six months from start oh, to finish. Yes, yes. Um, what was really oh, timely? The Arnold Palmer. The Arnold thing? Palmer thing. Yeah, you know, I didn't hear the joke where they actually said where that Homer actually said that he died because I talked over it because I went. Oh, that's unfortunate because he wa- he must have died the day that that episode yes. came out, and uh, and then Rivers like that's what he said. I was like, really? I was gonna go back, and then I could see the kids weren't really into me going back, so I just kept watching. But that's shocking. They were able to get it in that fast, and I guess they sort of did it on that live episode. But I assumed that it wasn't really live; that they were just, I don't know, um, 
that they pre-recorded stuff and, yeah. and then animated to it. But maybe they found a way to animate that fast. I don't know. Is there some computer program where they can just like talk and have the computer like sync up the mouths? I have no idea. I know. I don't. I don't know but, either. But I but just thought it was really interesting. I'm starting to wonder. Like that's that's crazy. They were able to flip it around like in a day like that. Not even a day, man. Like they must have known for hours before they did that. That's crazy. I just I, I I'm amazed at that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I wanted to go with this. Intro. Um, I also loved, and they've been doing this a while, where they have other people animate their intros. But I love that they had the Adventure Time people animate the the, <laughs> the intro. couch gag. Yeah, it was so great, dude. <laughs> like the kids were super excited seeing they were doing an Adventure Time couch gag. So. Yeah, they did a. I think last season they did a Rick and Morty one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah, they've been having like every year they've had multiple animators do the the couch gag, which I love. It's such a great wrinkle on like the show. You just like farm it out to somebody else and then have them do it way ahead of time, and and you get this unique couch gag, which is pretty cool. And for a while they were doing like weird animators that were like on the fringe, and now it seems like they're farming it out to like big animators who people actually know. Yeah, I I love it, dude. I dig it. That's why this show stays relevant. They keep coming up with these little wrinkles that make you want to keep watching it, you know? Yeah. They're quickly approaching on that 600th episode, too. Treehouse of Horrors is going to be episode number 600. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, man. Like, I was just looking at today. This is the 28th season of The Simpsons. Wow. (laughs) I can't believe this show's been going for so long. And it's showing no signs of stopping. You no, know, even Hank, uh, uh, not Hank Azaria. Um, well, uh, Harry Shear. Harry Shear is even on board. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, we had just pretty much buried him, and we're like, "Fuck Harry Shear," <laughs> like, because there's so much word on how he he's uh, difficult. just difficult to work with. Yeah, and I don't remember if we actually talked on the podcast. I remember we talked about him quitting the show, and then talking about that. But I don't know if we talked about the fact that he wound up negotiating for the same price that all the other voice talent did. Uh, which so I knew he's going to be on the show, but it, it's nice to see Harry Shearer still in there, especially considering he was integral to that first episode because it was like a Burns episode. Yeah, can't do fun. Burns without Harry Shearer. Nope. <laughs> well, I mean you could, but it's going to sound not quite right. <laughs> that's the thing. That's that's what like networks and stuff need to understand is when you replace the voice talent, we notice. Yeah. We do notice it never sounds right. Like I remember watching some Ren and Stimpies and the voices just aren't right. And it's because they like at a certain point they just brought in different voices and they brought in slightly different animators. They took it out of John Kay's hands. And uh you can tell the jokes are just like stupid. Like it's just not funny. It doesn't have that bizarre sensibility that Ren and Stimpy has. It just became more of like a regular cartoon. So uh, we notice these things. <laughs> we absolutely do. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up that I had. Um, so I saw the remake of Lethal Weapon or the, the show so, we were talking about. So me and my wife sat down today and we went to watch it. And my wife was like. <laughs> we didn't end up with Danny DeVito naked, did we? No. <laughs> <laughs> So my wife was like, 
they made a show. I was like, oh yeah, and it's got Damon Wayans. And she's like, how do I know that guy? And I'm like, he's in your favorite movie because her favorite movie is uh, what's the one with Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans? Bulletproof. Yeah, Bulletproof. Like that's her favorite movie. So she's like, oh. Now, interesting thing about this, they gave a writing credit to Shane Black, but it's because the first episode leans on the first movie for some elements to introduce it. So I read, I, I went to look it up and I read that Shane Black actually had nothing to do with it. Like he was basically like, I wish it well. I want nothing to do with it because I'm not interested in like telling things on like a network for a network show. Like he just thought it would lean too much on comedy and not enough on action. Um, I gotta say it feels pretty true to the source material like when you watch it it feels like a lethal weapon movie the only difference is there's no saxophone oh no hot sax (laughs) yeah no no saxophone music um we don't have we don't have i'm too old for this shit they have a part where like the guy is playing Briggs and saying what are you too old for this and like he entered he interrupts him which is a bummer because i I held this little hope (laughs) Like, maybe it'll be big enough where they're not worried about the sponsors and they'll say shit. Because it's the line, dude. I'm too old for this shit. But it looks like we're not going to get any. I'm too old for this shit. That's okay. It it totally works, dude. They they understand the characters. Like, when they introduce Riggs at first, he's, like, kind of the southern dude. Which struck me as odd because I'm used to, like, the Australian accent, you know? Yeah. And, uh... And at first, I was kind of like, ugh, and I was ready to hate it right away. But they kill his wife immediately at the beginning. Like, you see her nice. get, get hit by a truck. And then he goes into, like, crazy rigs. And then, like, he just fucking nails it pitch perfect. And the relationship between them is really good. I mean, Damon Wayans is so good in the show. I'm so happy to see Damon Wayans, like, get something. Get something. Just get something recently. good. Yeah. <laughs> Get something good right now that's, I think, going to do well. And I will say, like, the opening scene, not the opening scene, but the the opening scene you see with Riggs once he's, like, crazy, which is, like, five minutes into the show, has an exploding building. Nice. So we're talking lethal weapon. So we, we got some <laughs> explosions, like, yeah, property damage. And I, I looked at IMDb and... Uh, they have all the stuntmen and stuff and like they clearly they have like a hundred stuntmen for the first four episodes so <laughs> they're uh they're doing it right <laughs> great okay so you had something you had a game you brought yeah i uh came across an article it's 14 movies with clickbait titles <laughs> <laughs> okay 14 classic movies with clickbait titles. So I'm going to read the clickbait title, and you're going to try and guess the name of the movie. Okay. <laughs> this sounds like fun. All right. Come on, JPEGs. Let's load. Is that one of the choices? No. <laughs> All right. Heroic off-duty cop proves why hashtag blue lives matter. <laughs> is, that the, is that the name of the movie? That's the clickbait title. Okay, one more time. What's the clickbait title? Heroic off-duty cop proves why hashtag blue lives matter. I have no idea. That is Bruce Willis in Die Hard. What? (laughs) (laughs) This must be something if you see the cover art, I'm guessing. (laughs) 
He was supposed to go into plastics. Here's why he chose rubbers instead. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> that would be the graduate. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Maybe I misunderstood. So this is like an an explanation of the movie. This is like a description of the movie. That would be a clickbait title for the movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I misunderstood. I thought you were talking about like when they have like snakes on a train where you think it's snakes on a plane, you click on it. You're like, motherfucker. No. <laughs> okay. I got it. I got it now. All right. These teen girls will make you understand the war in Syria so much better. <laughs> Is that that Tina Fey movie? It is a Tina Fey movie. I don't know the name of it, but I know the one you're talking about, I think. Mean Girls. Oh, wait. The word series. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it wrong. I was thinking it was the one where she's like, where she's helping uh, with like a campaign or something. Maybe that wasn't Tina Fey. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody. No, I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking of somebody else. Okay. <laughs> Bad on me. (laughs) (laughs) One big reason to do a background check before your child's baptism. Hmm. One big reason to do a background check on your child before their baptism. I'm going to say the omen. This is uh, the godfather. Oh. (laughs) 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 This one I hope you get. Man confuses running upstairs with winning heavyweight championship. Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> These toys torture a neglected kid, and for some reason, everyone loves it. Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm two and two. Oh, why is that one not loading? All right. There we go. One fashion trend so deadly, the cops got involved. Hmm. Fashion trend so deadly, the cops got involved. Dress to kill? Is she a big old fat person? Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right. Why women love this hooker more than Cinderella. Pretty woman. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Back to 50%. He may have won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman, but he uses his nose for so much more in this film. He uses his nose. Okay. Scent of a It says Pacino. What does he use his nose for? Oh, Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I, I think I'm keying into this game now. <laughs> Four and three. All right. Self-taught math genius explains why you're paying too much for college. Oh oh um. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. That's correct. Yes. Five and three. <laughs> These are just fun to read. Can faking an orgasm in a room full of meat help your relationship? One journalist investigates. Faking an orgasm. Read it one more time. I almost feel like it's when Harry met Sally. But it is when ju- Harry oh, met okay. Sally. The journalist thing threw me off. 
Okay, so six and three? Yes, I'm killing it now. He was selling his neighbor wheat, but what his dad thought was happening was way worse. American Beauty? Yes. Yes! Seven and three. (laughs) (laughs) Siri's grandfather was an asshole. Here's proof. Whose grandfather? Siri. Siri. (sighs) Siri's grandfather was an asshole. Here's proof. That's the line. Grandfather. Grandfather. God, all the movies I'm thinking about. Don't, I'm thinking of her and Simone, and neither of those work. Hmm. I don't know. 2001, A Space uh, Odyssey. Okay. All right. <laughs> Seven and four. All right, last one. He said he'd show her his world with, with the amazing carpet he actually did. Aladdin. Yes. Yes. 84. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's respectable. 66%. 66.6. Hell yeah. Oh, that's that's the devil's number right there. <laughs> Continuing with our Halloween theme. <laughs> that's pretty great. Was that all the movies? That was all there? the movies. On okay. There. All right. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh, man, Goodwill Hunting. I love that movie. That was a good movie. Yeah, I was just thinking about that when we were talking about Robin Williams last week. Like, I wanted to say something about Goodwill Hunting, but then we just talked about something else. Because <laughs> we were talking about the Jumanji remake, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just saw, like, a clip. Not a clip, like, a still from the new Jumanji movie. It just doesn't look right. Like, The Rock being in Robin Williams' role, it just doesn't look right to me. Like, he's too, he's so cut and, like, not Robin Williams. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it doesn't feel right. I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if he's taking Robin, like, that role. He may just be, like, a Tarzan-esque sort of character. Oh, maybe somebody who's coming in to hunt after him or something. Yeah, or somebody who's stuck in the game like well yeah that was yeah. robin williams <laughs> well because i i read something about it this week that there's the female adult lead in this was basically robin williams character oh so i don't know where the rock actually fits into this so i still call him the rock <laughs> yeah i hope he makes as much sense for it as uh i don't know like it, like you know how Schwarzenegger never made sense for most of the movies he did, like they except just, for Twins, <laughs> except for <laughs> Twins. <laughs> but most of the movies, you just see him like chopping wood when they show up. They just completely ignore the fact that he's like an American commando. <laughs> like no, no, not like paying attention whatsoever to the fact that he has an accent. I love that stuff, man, where they just, like, don't explain it at all. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, how does this happen? Uh, I oh, love Hollywood, that you're great. Don't change. <laughs> but maybe change a little. <laughs> so I rented a couple movies over the weekend. What'd you get? All right. The first one was uh, Pop Star. Never Stop, Never Stopping. Oh, is that the new Lonely Island movie? Yeah. 
Is it, it good? It's great. It's great. <laughs> I like to hear that. You know, it's it's exactly what you want from a um, Lonely Island. Lonely Island movie. So is it, it is it better, worse, or the same as Pick a Destiny? I think it's better than Pick a Destiny. Okay. What's I, it I about? Had some, um, basically, uh, Andy Samberg. Well, the Lonely Island is uh, have this uh, boy band called uh, Them Style Boys. Them Style Boys, and it, it's the whole movie shot like a a modern rock documentary, or not rock documentary, but a pop documentary, like the the Miley Cyrus one a few years or the ago. Katy Perry yeah, one yeah. It's basically shot like that, where they're having like a, m- reactions with the manager and people in the band and you know, different stuff. Um, what is it? Never stop, never stopping. Yeah. It's such a great title. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, Andy Samberg plays this basically Justin Bieber. Okay. (laughs) I'm already in like, and they, uh, he, uh, he's basically the, the, the forefront of the band. Although the other He's guys, at the arrow point, yeah, <laughs> the dance formation. <laughs> so I mean, he's like the for- forefront. So he breaks out and does his own albums. Like he puts out this first album that's just like gold and sh- like number one for months on end. And then he puts out a uh, second album that's just utter dog shit. <laughs> and. Like when it, like they showed a lot of the uh, songs from the album, and they're basically SNL digital short movies. Uh huh. So that was pretty fun. They had a uh, they had one. It was uh, fuck fuck me like you fuck Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> and basically, there- it was like just him on stage just repeating over fuck Bin Laden. Was there uh, was there some good celebrity cameos in it? A lot. Like I was amazed the amount of celebrities they brought in on this. Yeah, I would think with the Saturday Night Live connection, I'm gonna guess Lauren Michaels probably had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. So I would guess just because of that, they could load it with a lot of people. That did, did I Justin mean, they Timberlake had the two... show up on it? What did Justin Timberlake make yeah. an appearance? Is he like the the skeezy dude that he plays in Dick in a Box and no. the Mother Lovers? He plays a chef. Oh, okay. With another past. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had brought in like uh, Usher was in there. Uh, they, nice. They brought the two Living Beatles were in it. Really? They had Ringo Starr multiple times. Paul yeah. McCartney. Paul ones. McCartney's expensive to have multiple times. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was just a shot of him standing up and clapping. Did you know? Did you ever hear about the old Saturday Night Live sketch they had where um the red hooded sweatshirt? No, not that one. But that was a Paul McCartney one. Um, they had this long-standing joke on, with Lorne Michaels on Saturday Night Live where he's like offering the Beatles a check to show up on Saturday Night Live and, and reunite. And he's like, we will offer you $400. Like it was, it was whatever. <laughs> I remember it was, that. Yeah, it's whatever the, the, basically 
it was like scale for whatever band would come on. And so the bands came on for the prestige and they come on for the money, you know? So he would just like, like in real time, like show whatever the check was to like have a reuniting of the Beatles. And so when he did this, one of the times, like Paul McCartney was visiting John Lennon in New York and they were like eight blocks from the studio and they were seriously considering walking down and playing a set just to do it. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been so funny, man. It's and I guess like it was just one of those things. Like they ultimately decided, ah, let's just hang out and talk. But like, could you imagine if they went down and like reunited for that? Because <laughs> I think he even says like John, Paul, George, Ringo, if you feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he made some joke about how Ringo was optional. <laughs> but it would have been funny just to see the two of them show up and then like maybe get stiffed out of the check because they didn't have George or Ringo. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those great like what if moments. Oh, that would have been hilarious. But it's great. Like that's amazing because I, I remember seeing little snippets of that. They used to do that a lot when they would like show do greatest hits things for Saturday Night Live. And they'd always just show like Lauren Michaels presenting the check. And that was it. They didn't go into it further, you know? So I never really saw the whole sketch for a long time. But it's one of those things that's such a like, like integral sketch to Saturday Night Live. It's just hilarious to know like those two were watching it together blocks from the studio and almost did it. <laughs> that made me happy hearing that. That makes me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so was there, so never stop, never stopping pretty good. Yeah. Have you ever seen CB 40? Yeah. What'd you think of CB 40? It was like Chris rock kind of doing, not really doing spinal tap, but close to it. Like it was almost like a rockumentary for a rap band, but not quite like it's basically like some posers who wind up striking it big. Yeah, I I remember really liking it when I was a kid, but I haven't. I remember seen watching it. it and it wasn't. It didn't. Didn't grab. Didn't you. hit me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and the other one I watched was uh, Hardcore Henry. That's the one that's all done in first person, like a video game, right? Yeah. All right. How is it? Because I know you were on board before the movie even came out. Did that? Did it? Did it live up to your expectations? It's basically what I thought it was. Okay, so what is that? Um, it's basically a guy going around killing people, but it it was really interesting because it basically is a video game. Yeah. Um, it sure seemed like it from the commercials, you know. And it was it was it was kind of interesting to watch because the main villain in this is this kind of creepy like uh scandinavian albino dude and he's got some uh he could basically has telekinetic powers and like throw people across rooms and shit and basically shows up every 15 20 minutes to fuck with the main character and leave okay <laughs> <laughs> and and basically keeps going to set up like a final boss battle with him so I mean it is set up like a textbook video game. Like is wake the main character wakes up like to uh him having his like arms and legs screwed on cuz basically he's just a cyborg. It's kind of like 
a first person RoboCop. <laughs> Except it's not like a it's not like a computer screen you're seeing. Uh-huh. It's just through his through eyeballs. Through his eyes. Is the entire movie through his eyes? Yeah. Do they, ha- they don't even have like cut scenes? No, it's in <laughs> like 100% through his eyes. Okay. That's such a weird idea for a movie. Yeah. And I, th- I thought it was kind of interesting because it ends up with a lot of scenes being a one-take scene. Like other than blinking or something happened or he gets knocked out is the only time there's really cuts in the movie. So they have blanking, but probably not nearly enough blanking to be realistic. You know, it's not as much as you'd think it would be. Yeah. It's just enough to like bury those cuts in when they need them. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. And not so much that you'd be thrown out of the movie. Um, the downside to this movie is it's based in Russia and it's, it's, I don't know how to put it. It feels like it was done in Russian and then dubbed over in English. It might've been. Cause it doesn't, when I watched it, it doesn't really, I, it seems weird and off. It is off. Of the, the video game thing, which made me think it could be. Have you seen the uh, the trailer for the the Russian like Avengers, the, the Guardians? Yeah, the Guardians. Yeah, that shit is. You know what's funny? I haven't seen that in English yet. I've only <laughs> seen it in Russian. I'm like, I could be in for this movie. Hold on. Game is on. I have two weeks to search all of the former Soviet Union for the superhumans that can stop a supervillain. Exactly right. These people are our only hope. What's the name of the mission? Guardians. War is over, we were cold inside. We're all the same. Lair. Kos. Arsis. You want to know who did this to you? Come with us. Rapid military attacks on Moscow continue. Army turned out to be useless against the opposition forces. All attempts to stop it ended up with a complete shutdown of any machinery. laboratory designed special gear to increase your performance. Where's mine? Game is on, guards are held, my darling dream.
Amazing, dude. Of course it comes out in winter. (laughs) (laughs) Russians don't know the difference. I love like how (sighs) the dubbing is perfect. Like it's exactly what I want from dubbing of a foreign. Yeah, movie. it's got to be off. Yeah, like, it's, not even close. I mean, you can't hear it. I mean, you can hear how the voice doesn't sound right. There's something about that voice that you could just tell is dubbed, but when you see it, it's a little bit off. But uh, so it looks like it would be an amazing movie in like 2002. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm kind of excited for it. I actually you know, want to see if this, this is what they would have ended up with for Fan Stick, I would have loved it. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, and here's the thing: I haven't been this excited for a Russian movie since Night Shift. Like, this is amazing, dude. Because <laughs> like the Night Shift Day Shift movies are like super cool, underrated like Russian action movies. Like, seriously, check them out. They're fucking good. We want me and Zach wound up with. I don't remember if it was day shift or night shift at which, which whichever one is first, but it wound up being the biggest movie in Russian history. And it's like a Russian vampire action movie. And you think like, you think it's just going to be weird and not good, but it's so fucking good. Like <laughs> it's amazing. Like, and it's it legitimately looks like David Fincher made it when you watch it. Like clearly they were just like cribbing David Fincher and there's some special effects that don't quite work, but it's a, it's in a charming way, but most of the special effects work pretty well. It doesn't look like the special effects work in this, but it looks like they worked really hard on it. You know what I mean? I, I could get behind it because it's just off. Like it's, you not, know, you'd. It's not our perspective, so that could make me want to watch it just like from the weird cultural shift that it takes. Yeah. You know, it's kind of one of the, there's a couple things I wanted, I took away from it. One is like, is this how like the rest of the world sees like the Avengers? Probably. You know, like it, it looks like it's entertaining to watch. We don't quite understand what the hell's going on because our shit is crazy. Like, yeah. I totally get it. Like, it's a complete cultural difference I, there. Yeah, I grew up like reading comics, so it's like it makes sense to me, but I get that the shit is crazy. Like, it's not normal to have a guy who shrinks and controls ants. <laughs> you know? But, so I get how like that could, like, Russians could look at our or like Ant-Man or something and be like, that looks fucking weird, but I want to watch it. Yeah. I feel the same way. I see a bear with a Gatling gun. I'm in. I'm in, dude. (laughs) Like, that's amazing. Why haven't we gotten a character with a bear head? This is something we've never seen before. And they have a dude who looks just like the Winter Soldier, but like has those curved scythes. Yeah, and he like spins the scythes around. Yeah, he's like a cross between that and a nightcrawler because he can sort of teleport. It looks like. Yeah, it's just everything about this makes me want to see it. Yeah, and it's probably not going to come to theater in Helena, but I'm checking that shit out on video for sure. Like it looks, it looks fun to me. Yeah, yeah, Guardians got to see, and I like the music too. It totally sounds like it should be a superhero movie. It kind of reminds me of like every like X Men movie. Not so much that. But it looks like, like an X. It does look like an X. It totally looks like an X Men trailer. But the the music that they have going behind this that you heard is uh, 
kind of reminds me of like most like PlayStation <laughs> uh, video game trailers. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think you kind of nailed it right there. Like it looks like advertising for a PlayStation Four game. Like, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think you nailed it there. Uh, do we got anything else to talk about? Should we can this? I think this should go in the bag. All right, take it easy. And respect the outro. In Russia, man use gun. <laughs> That's a terrible Yakov Shmunov. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the captain from the Guardians. <laughs> I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable. But I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast. You take that OE, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt just liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on it because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache, because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not Something's right, and the characters pick off. up on it right away, and they lock him away. <laughs> you know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all-around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, <laughs> he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. The two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. <laughs> I know, they're the best. Like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, I'd yeah, be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have... Given that punching bag salmonella. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.